Join me this week on the Own Your Intuition show where I'm talking with my guest and previous student, Tammy Brockway-Joyce, about what it's like to be an empath in the world and the simple yet revolutionary practices that are mind-blowing and positively life-enhancing for empaths, even if somewhat puzzling to others. I am but a part of this. All I am is all I give. Everything that comes to me comes as sure as I will breathe. Do you crave clarity and insight? Do you sense that your intuition is trying to tell you important things, but you have a hard time trusting it? Do you want access to your own internal wisdom and to understand how it operates so that you can guide your life in ways that are meaningful and satisfying? Well then, welcome. I'm glad you are here. I'm your host, Aimee Cartier. I've been a professional psychic since around 2007. I'm the author of the book, Getting Answers, Using Your Intuition to Discover Your Best Life. I've been teaching others to understand and use their own intuitive and empathic abilities for more than a decade. Join me each week for true stories and tools that will inspire you to take seriously your own inner knowing, that internal sense that you have uniquely tailored to you and designed to not only set you on the roads that are best for you, but also help you avoid the ones that are treacherous. It's time for you to own your intuition. Welcome again, everyone, to the Own Your Intuition show. Today, we are continuing our discussion on empathic ability, and my special guest is Tammy Brockway Joyce. Hi. Hi. If you know her, you love her. <laughs> she is someone I consider an island treasure <laughs> for this little island that we live on. Tammy is an actor, a podcast host, an avid community volunteer and instigator, a parent educator, and a mom and wife who lives in the woods in the Pacific Northwest on our beloved island. Welcome, Tammy. Thank you. I'm so happy to be here, May. Oh my gosh. I'm so excited that you're here. So fun. So let's start with just a little introduction to you because people know you here. But for those of you who don't know you, tell us whatever you want to tell a little bit about yourself. Mm, okay. Well, I have been on the island for... I think we're getting toward 19 or 20 years. I have deep roots here. My dad grew up here. My grandparents lived here. Um, And definitely all my life, you know, visited the island, visiting my grandparents. And I knew someday I want to be here. So it felt like coming home when I finally got to live here. Hmm. And I feel like so many pieces of my life sort of clicked into place when I got here. Um... I found a lot of pieces of myself, I would say. And one of those pieces was sort of learning how I work um, as as a person interacting with other human beings in the world. And a lot of that is thanks to you, uh, figuring out that I am an empath and what that means and, and how I can sort of protect that and make that a benefit mm-hmm. and not a not just a drain. I think that's really before working with you, I think it really was just a drain on me. Mm. Um, so that's been really, really helpful in every part of my life, my personal relationships, my professional work, uh, my parenting for sure. All of it. Excellent. Yay. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wanted to have Tammy on Specifically because obviously she's been a student of mine, so she's really familiar with what I do and also the tools that I use and uses them in her own life. Mm -hmm. 
Um, but I also wanted to have her on because I think it's also useful to hear from people other than just myself. So to hear the perspective of one of my many students who, who knows this about herself and who um, operates in the world as an empath. And so that's why I'm having Tammy here specifically. And so we're going to kind of center our relation, our our conversation today around obviously around empathic ability, but also and around the work that you did with me, um, but also around over the larger scope of things. It's important to me to for other empaths to understand that it's not just a liability to be empathic, although that is typically how we at least first feel it because it can be very intense. But um, I, it's important to me to show the bigger picture that there's actually a lot of really wonderful things mm-hmm. also about being empathic, especially when you know how to manage your gift. And it's not hard to do that. So Let's start with, can you describe the work that you did with me and my programs in your own words? Just give give our audience the perspective that they don't know. Yeah, you bet. Um, let's see. I, I think that what I learned working with you, well, I learned so much. The thing that I use literally every day, four times a day, is this beautiful, super simple ritual of clearing my energy sort of resetting, bringing my own energy back to myself, setting my egg, which for me is a beautiful visual. It's like like this little mini meditation that I can do. And I do. I have a little alarm on my phone. It goes off four times a day that reminds me to do this. And I do it on my own sometimes too when it just feels like I need this right now. I can do it without anybody knowing what I'm doing. Um, Or I can do it in a more intentional external way like with my kids if I feel like we all need this right now Hmm. um and it gives me this little moment of reset Hmm. a little moment to connect with myself and disconnect if I need to from energy and people around me Uh, that that's the thing that that I take the most that that I use constantly daily all the time uh I also learned a lot about how to recognize what's mine and what's not mine which has been important and an ongoing, like that's going to be something I'm going to continue to be learning. I'm still, you know, I'm still working on that. I also learned the value of hibernation. You talked a little bit about Mm -hmm. that. And I, I think when I first came to you, when I started your workshop, I was pretty burned out. Um, And I needed, I needed a period of hibernation and, I needed like permission to do that, you know, that I didn't need to be sick to rest, that mm. I could just uh, rest and and be in my house and be quiet and be away from people. Um, so the value of that and and giving myself permission to not be always on and out in the world uh, accomplishing um, has been really valuable. And then also I've I've learned to appreciate and recognize more of my intuition to like see it when it's happening and be like oh Mm. that's my intuition at work that's awesome Mm. instead of just like oh interesting coincidence and move along you know it's um (laughs) it's kind of cool to recognize it and appreciate it it feels like you can when you can see it as a gift it feels good totally totally i love that so good um, so the egg that Tammy yeah. is referring to is this, that's what I call this tool that I feel is a core empathic tool where I teach of both clearing your energy and then setting a boundary around yourself. And I refer to it as egg and all of my students refer to it as egg. That is just simply what we <laughs> call it. And we send each other little like egg memes <laughs> or emojis. Such a good visual. I love the visual of it. It helps me like make it real, you know? Totally. So essentially it's the the essence of clearing energy and setting a boundary around yourself so that you're able to hear yourself and you have mm. access to you instead of just being awash in all of the emotions that are around you. Mm. As we discussed in our last episode, um, empaths feel 
other people's emotions in their own skin as though it is happening to them. So our the egg practice and the clearing really helps each of us empaths make space for ourselves and be able to connect in and hear ourselves and and understand what it is that we feel at the moment rather than what is happening all over in the world. Um, so Tammy did my a couple of my programs, but the one of the last ones that you did was the Empath One, which mm-hmm. was called Empath Intuition University, mm-hmm. and it was a seven month program that I taught. Um, I I'm moving it right now to all on demand, so I don't have it as a current offering. But um, we got together on the phone every week or every other week. I can't remember which program you were in. I've taught it yeah, both I ways. Think it was every other. Every other. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and then we learn the tools as we go along for seven months. So that's the context that actually Tammy was with me for a lot longer because she also did another private program with me. So we have spent seven months together every other week talking about these particular tools and also practicing and being able to use them. So and that was you were one of my I think you were like one of the in my first empath programs that I did in this way. Really? So I'm trying to think of when it was, but I think it was maybe around 2015, 2016. So this that is- would be my guess. Yeah. Okay. So this- I remember driving my son to um, Boy Scouts with <laughs> the class in my ear once. Okay. <laughs> I, there was no other ride. And I was like, okay, <laughs> we're Here doing we it are. all. <laughs> we're multitasking. <laughs> I love it. Good. So just to give you context for that of like, these are tools that Tammy has now had in her pocket for quite a while. That's so awesome. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. To reflect back on how long it's been and how long you've been using these tools. Mm -hmm. I I find the same thing when I look at like how long I've been teaching this. I'm like, oh my God, (laughs) this is a long time I've been talking about this. (laughs) (laughs) So um, you touched a little bit about on, I'm assuming in terms of the question of what was the most impactful thing that you learned, mm-hmm. you touched a little bit on that. That, is that, that ritual of the egg, of setting the egg. Yeah, it's, you know, I, th- I think I must be a very visual or, you know, imaginative learner because for me having a clear visual of what it, what it, that is, you know, meditation is something that I have really want but I really struggle with Mm -hmm. but having a really clear visual to go along with that is super helpful for me so um this is something that was easy for me to latch on to and easy for me to implement and I guess I've been sticking with it for all these years so how awesome is that I can actually give you one like together in the studio (laughs) (laughs) you just have to say that (laughs) that's you know one other thing that I think has been really valuable that I revisit and and probably am due to revisit again is Making space to to really feel. Mm. Um, I have been real good at not feeling my own feelings for most of my life. Mm. You know, being real busy and attuned with everybody else's feelings around me. I'll often like be at, with, you know, my therapist and she'll be like, okay, so you've now told me what everybody else in your life you think that, what they feel. <laughs> How about what do you feel? And I'm like, oh, who, me? Like, I'm so, it's it's just... I don't know. It's um, not something I'm practiced at feeling. So making focused time and space to feel mm. um, and and like letting it come when it comes um, or, you know, if you have to put it aside because you're at work or whatever and going, okay, I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to feel it when I can feel it um, has been powerful. I still resist it, I think. Mm. Um, but I'm learning. I'm learning to feel my my emotions and You've really helped me with that. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So you you may remember if you listened to last week's episode when I was talking about the 44 characteristics of being an empath, that one of them is that we are deep feelers. And oftentimes that means we feel things bigger than those around us. They can be having, other people can be having the same experience and the, em, the non-empathic person is like, oh, wow, that's sad. And the empathic person is like, <gasps> are you okay? Like, what's going on? Yeah. So empaths have really big feelings and that's just a part of how we're built. Sometimes I have, I've had people in the ass say, how can I change that? Like, what can I, <laughs> yes. do you have something I can do <laughs> so I can change that? So um, the short answer is absolutely not. I'm really sorry, but we can't change that. That's how we're built. Also, it's 
it does not have to be a problem. And one of the techniques that empaths do as I think a coping mechanism for our big feelings is depending on who you are and what's going on, but also because the world, this world that we live in right now doesn't, I think things are changing mm-hmm. actually, to be clear, because we are having so mm-hmm. many big things happening that we really truly have to look at them and dig in mm-hmm. to the emotion. So I do see that this is sh- this is shifting because of all of the big things mm-hmm. that we've been processing as a yeah. society, as a world, really, for the last few years. But what is still true is that in the way that we have built our current society, there isn't time. It's not considered a thing to do to have emotion or mm-hmm. it's not even... Um, like especially having big emotion Mm -hmm. is not something that most people are comfortable with. So I love what you're saying about having not felt them for a really long time, Mm -hmm. because I do think it is a common characteristic for empaths because we feel things so deeply Mm -hmm. and because there isn't a lot of space for, Hey, okay, go ahead, cry Mm -hmm. it out. Like what, what's going on for you Um, that we've learned in our lives. And that is one of the things that I teach a lot with, or it's just one piece of what I teach in my bigger programs, especially for empaths, Mm -hmm. that what I call emoting is necessary for us empaths. If you, it takes an enormous amount of psychic energy to Mm. stuff an emotion. Um, And if you'll, you'll probably remember if you listened to last week's episode, I was talking about when my friend Andy was getting married and also simultaneously dying (laughs) and how, intense that was for me. So that's an occasion where I recall that I quite literally made a very purposeful choice to stuff it. But because I I had to like, (laughs) not anyway, it was better if I didn't arrive preparing like, Oh, my God. God." But um, at the same time, I also left a lot of space to experience the emotion. Mm -hmm. So I love that you're mentioning that because especially in the time that we live in, we need space for emotion. And your example of what I have, what I teach my empaths is sometimes you don't like, for example, in this Andy's wedding situation, that was not actually the appropriate time (laughs) to do the sobbing, like when I was preparing and helping his bride and all these things. But there was a time and that was when I was not there to give space to the emotion. So such a great example and something that is so needed and also so relieving. Oh my gosh, that's such the right word for it. It's such a relief. It totally, it's like this thing that you think you're spending all this energy, don't feel that, don't blah, blah, blah. And then once you just do, you're like, ah. Your whole body's like, okay, thank you. Yeah. I have so much hope for the future. As a parent educator, I work with parents of preschoolers. Mm. And, you know, we're like, I don't know, 10 or 15 or maybe more years into teaching and knowing so much about brains, you know, and teaching parents of young kids how to be there for their kids when they're having big emotions. Mm. You know, I wasn't raised like with a lot of permission to have like negative emotions. I don't think many people in our generation were, but I think we're, we're now like, you know, maybe two generations into a lot of parents knowing that that's good brain science and that's Mm. good for our kids. Mm -hmm. And I have so much hope for the future that, that there's going to be a lot of kids and then they're going to raise kids and then they're going to raise kids who know that it's safe to feel your feelings and that it's healthy to feel your feelings and that feelings are information. And think of like how powerful that will be for our world and for those little empaths to grow up knowing like, I'm okay, I'm safe. I can feel it. I can totally. take it. Yeah. Totally. It's, uh, it's going to move through. I think so. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Such great perspective. I'm always, I feel like I say this a lot in my family, maybe in my, in, in my teaching, that ultimately the fastest way to the other side of any emotion is straight oh, through it. Girl, for real. Like, why did it take me till I was like 45 to know that? <laughs> well, for the reasons we already discussed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Totally. But yep. such really an important piece to, to highlight. So, yeah. 
Preschools are, are learning, everyone. Preschoolers. Yeah. Yay. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Isn't that and amazing? Other, I have a similar experience with the social emotional learning for my yeah. children. That is not just me, but yeah. through their schooling and how it's happened. It's it's, it's a priority. It has yeah. been a priority for them in the schools that they've totally. been in, So I'll tell you what, my kids school me all the time because as an empath, like my go-to, like if my kid comes home and is like, so-and-so was so mean today, or, you know, you know, my friend is being such a jerk and I'll be like, I mean, I just need to like bite my tongue a little more often for one thing, but I'll be like, <laughs> oh man, you know, I know that kid, he's, he's such a sweet guy. I think he's really tender and I think he's really insecure and I think that's feeding why he's like behaving like such a jerk. And they're like, yeah, I'm sure it's true. And I'm mad and he's being a jerk. And I'm like, no, no, you're right. Yes. <laughs> you get to be mad. You get to be mad. Well, I'm not trying to talk you out of it. Why, why am I, you know, analyzing why, where he's coming from, which is important too. But yeah, you get to have the madness that comes from that. Totally. Um, it's so valid. It's so valid. Totally. Thank God for the kids. I know. They get it. <laughs> totally. So how, I'm curious of how all of this training that you and I've done, the mm -hmm. tools that you're using and continue to use. The other point that I loved what you made is that you're mentioning how did you put it that they're ongoing, the use yeah. of these tools and the digging into them and mm -hmm. the deeper, getting deeper with them. And I, that is so true about everything that I teach. And, um, and I, I guess it's not so much about what I teach as, or I guess it's a combination of the things, but the truth is that this is how we're built and yeah. these are ongoing. This isn't just like one moment in time, one right. workshop or, or even one seven month stint. Yeah. This is like, the rest of your life and these tools still apply 30 years from now i will still be <laughs> clearing my energy and using my egg yeah. and doing deep emoting when it is necessary yeah. all of these pieces because it's an ongoing project of being human and yeah. of being an empath in the world so i love that so i'm interested on a day-to-day -day level mm -hmm. how do you feel like um the things that you've learned mm -hmm affect you affect you on a day-to-day -day level mm -hmm. like just let's give the perspective of what does it mean to be an empath in the world who knows tools to manage their own mm -hmm. ability and to use them mm -hmm. well the the little the egg reset little ritual having that like mindfulness that i just do as as a rule four times a day is super powerful I mean, I think if even if I just had, you know, two minutes of quieting my mind, if that were possible for me, I have a really hard time with that. Um, that would be powerful. But having having that ritual, that um, checking in with my feelings, uh, setting a boundary around myself, that's that gives me uh, a sense of calm, a sense of I, I think I, I I could very easily blend with the people around me, like. Mm -hmm have a hard time differentiating like what are, are my opinions what are their opinions um how do i feel about things so just giving myself that religious separation that i do as a rule um is really powerful for me being strong in me so that's one thing i would say um on the daily um mm. you know the other thing i really i mean i guess this is sort of more of that is that you know, if, if my kids are mad or my husband's grouchy, I, in the past, would sort of take that on. Mm. I'd be grouchy or I'd be, you know, trying to sort out like, what have I done? Is it me? What what could I do? Now, let me be honest, like initially that's still going on. Mm -hmm. like, I'm still going there. But I'm getting better and better at being like, his feelings are his feelings. I am not him. He is not me. I set my egg, he can have his feelings, and I can be, you know, a mm -hmm. concerned partner without taking them on or feeling that they're my responsibility. So that um, is really powerful work that I work on with my therapist and the work that I did with you is like this, per they're, they're a great synergy to work on that Um I don't know if it's differentiation maybe, I don't know if that's exactly the technical word for it, but like being strong and grounded in who I am as separate from the people and the relationships in my life. Mm, so good. So good. Because it really is, 
it seems so obvious. It, like when whenever I say this out loud, I'm like, if you're talking to a non-empathic person, they're like, huh? Like <laughs> this is a big thing for you to realize that that person is different from you. <laughs> but it's like mind blowing and to- life changing. Truly, yeah. <laughs> when you're an empath and all their feelings are inside your skin, to yeah. have that differentiation where you're like, oh wow, them. That's okay. They're they them. can be them. And here I am. And actually, I'm not mad or grouchy. I'm like totally fine yeah. right now. And not having to take it on. It's it's one of those things that is literally any empath is like, this is blowing my mind. And any person that's not empathic is like scrunched up face. Like, what? This What? This is the thing <laughs> for you that's mind blowing? Like the thing that seems obvious to the other person with eyes, but is actually not at all if you're empathic. The other piece that I love about that is that, that you bringing that up is that in the way that you did is because there is such a freedom that exists when you are an empath and you realize this person is different. They're having their own feelings. The obvious freedom is for yourself because you get to actually have the day that you were having, which is maybe not mad that this particular thing isn't working because yeah. it's not even you're in your scope. Yeah. But the other piece that isn't talked about often is that there's a huge freedom for the other person too. Yes. We all get have the right to feel emotions and big experiences or small experiences. And when you're an empath and you feel all the things and then you think that it's your problem or your challenge to make them better, what happens often is that we are denying the people around us their own experience, like you were giving with your kids of like, be mad, totally. Like that's that's the natural human response and feel the feelings, move them on. And when we realize as empathic beings that we are not responsible for solving all the things because seriously, you feel all the things. So for an empath, it when you start to look at it, it's some like like 10% or like a very minuscule percent of things that you actually have a hand in ameliorating. That's a tough one. It's such a big one. It's such a big one for empaths. But the other piece of it that I really love to, I'm, excited about highlighting here and what you've said is that this also gives a freedom to everybody around you. You don't have to make it okay or make it better. Like they get to do the straight path through the emotion too, which is like right on through. God, that's frustrating. Okay, moving on then. Yeah. Instead of like somebody being like, why are you frustrated? It's okay. And can I blah, 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 et cetera. So, so right on so such good points and really really huge things for empaths again something that might seem so simple for other people but because we feel things in our own skin the natural innate innate might not be the right word but like the the immediate tendency for an empath is to try to figure out how to make it better yeah and one of it is because it's actually really uncomfortable like inside of us for that to be happening in our presence so Do not like it. Must fix. Totally. And obviously we care and feel deeply for those around us, especially because we are built this way to have so much. We're probably like really smart too. So we have great ideas. And if only everybody would listen to us. Totally. We're like, hello, just XYZ. Can't you see? (laughs) Precisely. So those are great examples. I love it. I love it. So you touched on, I'm always interested in asking my students, what is surprising about what you've learned from me? And you touched on a little bit about this permission to hibernate, (laughs) which I would just say for the bigger thing is that is definitely a thing. But also, I think the bigger scope for for, um, my perspective of the, the piece that I'm teaching is that whatever it is that's going on for you is the thing to follow. Mm. If in that case, like you're saying in that moment for you or in many moments for an empath, we maybe have more need to, uh, I don't know, I always equate it with solitude. I'm like, I just need to be alone for a minute. Mm -hmm. And because it's loud, other people's experiences are loud around me, even if they're not saying anything, I can feel them. So having that piece. But I think the bigger piece is important to say it's, if it's hibernation, go with the hibernation. If it's not, if it's something else, mm. it's this permission to move forward with what our animal body is telling us we need. Mm. Oh, that's good. <laughs> I like that. 
You know, that made me think of something that I think we talked about in the class that I am a total night owl. And mm. I, I think part of why I love the night is that it's quiet. Everybody else is sleeping, totally. like not just in my house, but everywhere. And I can just have my own experience without working hard at that. Like I can just, mm -hmm. and I never knew that before. Like that surprised me. I was like, oh, well, no wonder. No wonder I like to be up at two in the morning. <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> Finally. Yeah. All of the stations have turned off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. So good. So let's see. I also, I wonder what advice that you might give to, you know, we've heard a little bit about or a lot about maybe um, my advice in terms of things that I, that I'm talking about that I talk with about empaths, but I wonder if there's some advice that you might have for either a person, you know, that could be anywhere on their journey from like literally just having listened to my podcast last week and being like, Oh, wow. Wow. I, that is me. I am yeah. empathic to knowing that they're empathic. I just, what advice pops to you to having been through all of the, those particular experiences at this moment what would you say to empaths mm. that are listening to this I would say I would say find yourself some people you know find yourself some resources uh, and by people they don't have to be people you know get Amy's book find yourself uh, some Instagram people to follow find yourself a community where you can explore these ideas uh, because the more you understand yourself, the better you can support yourself in the mm. world. And you'll find the tools that work for you. Um, there are lots of different approaches to it, I'm sure. I've, you know, the things that you teach, they may work really, really well for me. Um, and I actually think that they probably will work well for most people. So find find those tools that work for you and then use them. And and I would say that, you know, I think there's two, for me, there's kind of two main pieces that I needed to really survive and be an authentic me in the world. One is to learn how to disconnect from other people, you know, to set that egg and set that boundary. But I had to do that first before I could connect with my own, my own feelings and find my authenticity, you know, mm -hmm. I couldn't hear my feelings and my own um, my own voice until I really learned to disconnect from those around me. So for me, those were the two pieces. It might be different for other people. Find find your your resources. Find what resonates for you and explore. Hmm. Good advice. Good advice. <laughs> so. We've touched on how it affects you in your day-to-day -day life, a little bit of that. What do you, is there anything that you would say knowing this about yourself is the most, has had the most impactful effect on your life? Just understanding that you are an empath. Do you know what I mean by that? Yeah. 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 Um, I think knowing that, that not everybody feels like I feel like mm. that, you know, you just, I think we all just think our experience is everybody's experience and I can be with a person and kind of under, or, or I believe that I can be with a person and understand their, what deeply is motivating them. And I just assume everybody knows that and feels that, or I can feel their physical pain. And that's not what most people experience. Um, knowing that is really helpful. It gives me, well, like I needed more empathy, but it gives me empathy <laughs> when people don't respond, um, you know, to me or others the way I would. Mm. I can remind myself that they don't, they don't feel what I'm feeling. They don't know what I'm feeling right. um, and what he's feeling and she's feeling and they're feeling <laughs> when people um, aren't compassionate or aren't um, charitable or philanthropic. Sometimes I'm like, how how are they not wanting to you know be there for their community or be there for that person or reach out a hand 
Um, and I have to remind myself that they don't, they don't feel what I feel, mm-hmm. um, that their experience is different. That's, that's pretty powerful. Um, and I don't know, I guess that, um, that, that I can, I don't have to be controlled by it. I don't have to always feel everything Mm. all the time. I can quiet it. I can Mm. calm it down. I can, I have, you know, a list of ways now that I know how to wash it away um, so that I can manage it and I don't have to feel so flooded and overwhelmed. You know, sometimes I, I have this feeling like, how can I live a happy life? How can I be happy and function knowing that there's so much great pain in the world, you know? Um, Like I'll watch a movie or I'll read a book and I will, and it'll be so painful to me. And I'll (laughs) think like, okay, those are actors. This is a story. But then my next thought is, yeah, but that happens. That is happening to people right now. There are people experiencing that level of pain. And then I think like, how do I, how do I go on? How do I go on knowing mm. that? Um, and one thing that you talked about is that if we want to be of service, being overwhelmed by it stops us. It mm. paralyzes mm-hmm. us. So learning to manage it, to find the balance, lets you then be of service, to find what are what are your gifts and how do you use them in the world so that so that you can go out there and survive in the world not let the world crush you with all of the emotion out there all of the pain out there uh and that's that's really helpful you you gave me a phrase um and i'm probably you know uh ruined it in the years since but something like when when i'm feeling a lot of pain for someone else and I want so badly to like fix it that I can sort of set my egg clear my energy and I sort of I I have this visual where I like sort of turn on my high beams I like power them some of this like good energy and I I either say it or I think it I believe in you Mm. you got this and I give them some of this like good nourishing loving energy um and it makes me feel like i can do something like there's there's an action i can take mm-hmm. um and it replaces that need to like tell them exactly what i think they should do and give them a 12 point plan and you know <laughs> i have a thing i can do spend all night thinking yeah. about it yep. and figure out exactly it, how exactly. it should go exactly um that's been really helpful there's a there's something i can do and then i can respect them by letting them have their experience and letting them choose their path. Totally. Um, Totally. I love that tool. I think of it like cheerleading in my mind because the truth is that like, like we already said, everybody has the right and deserves the right to all of their emotions. And sometimes it's the really intense ones that show us where to go for each of us, for me, for you, for like every person. Mm -hmm. And so in the same way, um, I love what is so helpful for me. That's a tool that I use of like, well, I'm, I'm going into a couple of different places here, but I should say that I think it's super useful for empaths to know sometimes even when it's not your thing to do, when it's not your issue to solve or your like, I'll do it mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, it is super helpful to know that you can always say a prayer, ask for goodness, put on your high beams as you described it and like cheer them along. Like mm-hmm. give, put the energy out into the world of, you know what? You've got this. Mm-hmm. I know it's hard. I see you. It is so, it might be so intense right now and I'm cheering you forward. Mm-hmm. And the other piece that I was going to say, even in my own life, those those are the relationships that I seek out mm-hmm. and that I feel the most um 
deeply satisfied with. Like I think my some of my best girlfriends come to mind. They're not like, oh, you poor thing. Yeah. Or like, let's see, have you thought of and what could you they're yeah. like, well, that sucks yeah. in every way. And holy expletive. Yeah. I gotta say some expletives. And and then they're like, well, you know more than anyone else I know this is maybe their words but about like how to care for yourself so I trust that you're gonna work it out and let me know if you need anything yeah and it's it's so empowering yep as a person to receive that Mm -hmm. in someone that from somebody and so empowering as an empathic person who feels and cares so deeply Mm -hmm. and wants to do something Mm -hmm. but is aware that Sometimes, many times, it is not necessarily ours to do something about. And so really having that deep trust in others of being like, you know what? Mm -hmm. You got this. And I mean that from like the deepest part of my soul. I know this sucks in every possible way. And I think you can. Mm -hmm. I really think you can. Yep. Such a good tool. Yeah. Such a good one. So let me check on the time here. So I want to a couple more things before we're finished of you touched a little bit about actually, is there anything that you I wanted to ask you about, like, biggest challenges of being an empath in the world Mm -hmm. right now in this world we live in? And I and I also want to ask you about um, the things and maybe we'll close with this, the things that you've realized that your empathic ability is good for. Mm. But before I do those two questions or before you answer those two questions. What is there anything else that has come to you as you've been thinking about this topic and knowing that you were coming together with me and we were going to discuss this? Mm. Are there any other stories about being empathic or experiences that you felt inclined or motivated to share today or inspired to? Yeah, you know, there was a story that I had completely forgotten about until we started talking about this. Um, this must have happened while we were in, while I was taking your class. That I woke up in the middle of the night feeling super anxious and had this idea that my neighbors were mad at me. And I don't know what spurred it on. It was too long ago to remember any details, but I was like, I just was like, they're mad at me. I don't know why. And I was just anxious and thinking and ruminating on my neighbors and, mm-hmm. um, and was awake for quite a while. And the next day learned that at this time that I'm awake ruminating about how they hate me, a tree <laughs> fell on their house. Um, so like I was picking something up. I was definitely um, misattributing it um, as like a classic, like a good daughter kind of person who's like, it must be me. I've done something. <laughs> They're mad at me. <laughs> I'm misattributing it to myself. Um, but um, that like in the past, I would have just been like, Oh, weird. But now I'm like, oh, cool. Like my intuition is doing stuff. Like I am on. So I'm so glad that I remember that story that I can go, oh yeah, like there's things, there's, there's things happening. I wish I would like keep a journal of this stuff. It's so validating (laughs) to be like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stuff, uh, stuff is real. This stuff is real. Um, When I was a massage therapist, which I was for about 10 years, I would frequently have like a new pain I'd never experienced. I'd have like a weird knee pain and I don't like have knee issues. And I'd be like, what is going on? And it would be like a couple weeks and I'd I'd be like really thinking about like, what did I do? Have I pulled a muscle? Is there something going on? And then a client would come to me and describe their knee pain and I would be like, oh, it was your knee pain I just had for two weeks. (laughs) And then... Um, the first couple times it happened, I was like, weird coincidence. And then when it kept happening, I was like, okay, maybe not a coincidence, but I didn't ever want to talk about it with anybody because it seemed so weird. (laughs) Um, but it happened often enough that I was like, all right, well, I'm just going to use it and figure this is something I can use. And then I could treat it really efficiently because I had felt it. Mm -hmm. So like I could, you know, really know what muscles and, and, uh, tendons and ligaments were involved. Um, And now in retrospect, like knowing so much more about, I don't think I even knew the word empath back then. um, 
it's uh, really useful. And it kind of also, like, I have to say that, like, worries me a little bit. Like, anytime I have a new ailment, I'm like, oh, crap, is this mine? Is this somebody <laughs> else's? Can I just, like, egg this thing off of me? <laughs> um, so I just feel like there's little moments like that often. And when I have the the wherewithal to recognize them as intuition it can it's like a little gift it's like a little mm. bonus you're like ooh, that's nice cool job. Nice job. yeah thank you so much yeah totally <laughs> i love it so good i love it i your this example is so great it's one of my favorite examples i may even have mentioned it in our last episode although i never reveal who my students are unless they reveal themselves so um but with the tree falling on somebody, on your neighbors. And one of the reasons why I love this example um, is because what happened, I mean, one, it's just like really cool that that happened. <laughs> but also, um, and it depicts how empaths feel what's happening. Like, it's not just ne- the person next to you. It can, especially if it's loud or intense, like yeah. your neighbors are having like a really extreme experience in the middle mm-hmm. of the night, which is actually waking you up, yeah. although you don't know it, you're... And the other pieces that I love about this so much is because that is what happens to um, to an empath. But I also just want to say it's like what our brains do. Mm. So when an empath feels something, so Tammy wakes up in the middle of the night and she's all of a sudden thinking about her neighbors. She doesn't really know or understand. Like literally nothing just happened. She was sleeping. There's no reason why she should be thinking about her mm. neighbors. So what happens for an empathic brain was when we f- start to feel stuff, then we're like, okay, well, what? your brain needs to attribute it to yeah. something. And so your brain is like, well, I guess they're mad at me. They must be mad at me. Oh, what am I going to, you know, it's like having yeah. all these thoughts about them being mad at you. But what's actually happening is that you're just picking up the emotion, but your brain doesn't really know how to compute it, especially before you start to understand. And yeah. that's one of the reasons why I feel like literally just knowing you're an empath can be uh, like revolutionary and mind changing. I hadn't thought of it that way. You're right. Even without having tools, because you can be like, oh, hold on. Is this me? First of all. Yeah. And then- one of the things I always recommend, one of my first questions that I use and recommend for my students when they're trying to discern, like, is this me or someone else is, did anything just happen to you that would warrant that emotion? Mm-hmm. And this example, Tammy's sleeping. Yeah. <laughs> Quite literally, yeah. nothing or ha- nothing is happening to yeah. her that would warrant this emotion. And I always suggest that if you can't identify exactly what spurred this on, then be highly suspicious Mm -hmm. that this does not belong to you. It is probably someone else's. And use your tools. And I have a program coming out, and I'll talk a little bit about that just um, in a minute. Or I'm just going to say there's a link to it if you want with Core Empath Tools. But I love that example so much because that's what the human brain does. And if you're empathic, you're you're trying to work out all these things that are literally just like spinning your wheels. What's going on is... Your neighbors having you know, an experience. I have I have had the realization recently when I was in like early elementary school, like kindergarten through like second grade, I had really intense separation anxiety. And I, mm. well, that's what we thought. It, that's what we said, right? Mm-hmm. I would like cry at school and I would get myself really worked up. Like I would often like puke on my desk at school. Like mm, at a real time. Honey. I was not, oh. it's not a very popular kid. Um, the girl who pukes on her desk. Um <laughs> If you can imagine. Um, I can now. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think back now, and I think like there's, I'm sure like much at play, but also like I was in a room full of five-year-olds who were probably a little bit anxious too. Mm-hmm. And if I'm like really good at absorbing everybody's anxiety, like of course I'm going to really be feeling it. And would it, it, it looking at it, in retrospect, with that lens, like thinking that maybe I was really feeling some of my own, sure, mm-hmm. and picking up a lot of other people's anxiety um, and, you know, separation and all of that, it it makes me feel, I don't know, it makes me feel like I, like I understand myself a little better and mm. that um, there there was more going on than I understood at the time. Totally. 
And isn't it such a deeply satisfying feeling to understand yourself a little better? Yeah. Even just that. Yeah. I mean, it makes a huge difference yeah. in how you go about yeah. your moments in time mm -hmm. on this earth. Yep. So we need to wrap up. So I think in closing, I'm going to skip the challenge piece because we kind of have talked about that a little bit. And mm -hmm. I also don't want to end on a challenge. <laughs> Come on, if you're empathic, you know the pieces that are challenging. <laughs> so um, why don't you tell us, what do you, just give us a brief, like, what have you realized that your empathic ability is good for that you probably, you may have not have known? Well, I've always been sort of good at, I always, I guess I've always really liked people, you know, mm. I can have a conversation with most people and really like them hmm. and like uh like the experience and I've always liked that about myself that I like that I like people um hmm. and one of my friends um who's from Argentina she's like you're like an Argentinian you just really like people and I was like oh I like that I like that way of thinking about it and you could also say you're an empath you like people I don't know maybe all empaths don't really like people but for me it um I guess I feel connected to people. Um, and though sometimes that connection can feel like too much, when I feel like I have some tools to manage it, I can really appreciate the experience of liking people all the more um, and being that cheerleader and um, rooting them on. Uh, so for me, it lets me be aware of that gift of being able to be a cheerleader, turn on those high beams and use it with intention and that's awesome i love it totally totally such a beautiful thing hmm. <laughs> i'm just like smiling into tammy's eyes right now you guys can't <laughs> see us but we're just enjoying <laughs> this <laughs> so <laughs> i love that and there are so many things that it is really good for. And that just seems like a perfect thing to note that in a world or to end with your note on this of in a world where there is so much happening to be able to see each other and understand one another and feel connected mm -hmm. to the human experience as a whole and how it is individually and all these different people is truly a solution bringing experience oh. in my opinion. So thank you for bringing that up mm. and thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Oh my gosh. What a pleasure. So I'm sure all of you loved Tammy just as much as I did I'm just saying because she's so lovable and she loves you back <laughs> good to know <laughs> so thank you thank you for being here thank you. and I think that's it is that it sounds good to me okay all right goodbye everyone we will see you and next week on the own your intuition show take care Thanks for joining Tammy and I today on the Own Your Intuition show, where we have been talking about empathic ability. I hope you found our conversation as juicy as I did. Having another person in the studio with me elicits so many valuable jewels that pop to the surface in dialogue. I encourage you to share the show with your friends, especially if they're empathic. If you want to know more about your empathic ability, I've got a free download for you called 44 Signs You're an Empath, which also includes an audio with four antidotes to common empath challenges. And you can also find that and more about my on-demand empath core tools program with links in the show notes. I look forward to seeing you next week. See you soon. All I give, everything that comes to me, comes as sure as I will breathe.